Awesome. Well, um, today at our at home distant studio, <laughs> I have Matthew Taylor joining me for this podcast. How are you doing this? Oh my gosh, it's the afternoon already. Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, good. I'm uh, I'm really tired today. I I have a um, social work practicum student at the moment, and mm-hmm. I had a full day yesterday, but needed to get their final evaluation in. So I finished that at about 1130 last night. And then when I went to go to bed, I was wide awake. So mm-hmm. yeah, so today is what it is. But I have uh, jackhammering outside of my uh, window all day today. So uh, yeah. So not the best uh, environment for a nap, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm pretty high up and hopefully you can't hear it. But uh, no. Oh, it's just a nice, nice Edmonton summer sound of construction and jackhammering. But, yeah, no yeah. kidding. Is it is it raining there? Nope, it's just a little gray. But oh, okay. Yeah, how are you doing? Good. I'm also tired today. I was also up late. I had the similar thing to you. I was so tired at like I don't know what time, ten o'clock, and I was working on a project still. And then yeah, I was just wide awake, so I think I was up till one, like organizing my closet. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't sleep, so busy organizing, and then today's a rainy day, which always makes me sleepy, so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at least you do productive things when you can't sleep. <laughs> I don't. I just, I, I go deep into my mind, and it usually doesn't turn out well, so. Uh, that happens to me, too, sometimes. I just hadn't laid down yet. If I laid down, that would have been what happened to me, but I hadn't gotten into bed yet, so I was like, I'll just keep going until I peter out, so. Okay, nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, that's good. Um. get us going i'll just have you introduce yourself and what it is that you do so thanks elise for for having me it's nice to be here um like you said my name is matthew taylor i am living in edmonton i am currently the program manager for communities united which is a community development initiative of the united way of the alberta capital region and i myself professionally am a social worker who has um, an interest and background in community development. Mm-hmm. So it's fair to say that the primary systems you work in are community development, as I stumble on the words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, that is uh, very accurate to say for sure. So what drew you to that system, to doing community development work? Um, I think, yeah, it's interesting. Some some choices you make based on interest and some are based on skill and some I think are based out of crisis maybe. And my joke there is that, uh, I have, um, yeah, some interest, a lot of previous interest in, um, international development and international community development. So always a focus on global issues, uh, bigger systems, things like that. And then, just pragmatically, I thought um, social work aligned with a lot of my values and interests. And so I decided mm-hmm. to do a um, second degree in social work. And it was in social work where I was exploring, you're, you start thinking of you know practicum opportunities pretty early and I was thinking about different things. And I was thinking about, oh, maybe a hospital 
would be interesting. And I thought, what am, what am I talking about? I would hate that so much. And yeah, I joked that if I were in crisis work, I would be the one needing support and service. Oh. <laughs> and so yeah, it's a, it's reflecting on what my strengths are and what my interests are and maybe an awareness of what my strengths aren't as well. And so right. for me, community development is on the um, side of prevention. Um, it's usually working with individuals, organizations, maybe before crisis. Um, so for me, just personally, there's there's a lot more uh, intrinsic uh, motivator to do this kind of work. And I also help, I find it helps keep me in a position of hope as opposed to gloom, um, mm -hmm. which for me is, is huge. And so I think, yeah, it just aligns with my interests, um, what, I'm, what I'm good at. And I think also keeping me focused on um, big picture and mm -hmm. uh, maybe residing in a place of hope and optimism. So that that's the long answer to, to why. No, that was good. I feel like I personally need more of that in my life, <laughs> focusing on the on the positive and not so doom and gloom. Yeah. The others can agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just um, gloom is always there for me so that I have to work very hard to 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 be positive, to have a positive impact in life. But I was just reading a little essay by Bertrand Russell. And essentially you said, you know, looking at human history, it's easy to be discouraged, but gloom is a useless emotion. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh yeah, very true. Um, it, it's tempting, but there's not much value to be gained from it. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I do what I can to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'll have to read that. <laughs> <laughs> can share the link. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll pop it in the show notes. And if anybody else wants to read it, they can read it too. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for a bit of context, before we dive into your stories of sizzle and or fizzles, which I know what they are, but I'm going to leave it as a surprise for our listeners. Um, sure. Could you give some context into what Community United, what that entity is and what you do? Sure. Um, so Communities United like I said, it's a um, asset-based community development initiative um, that essentially resides in the um, United Way of the Alberta Capital Region. So they are, they provide support, they're the fiscal agent. I am technically a United Way staff. Um, and this is something that emerged um, around the same time as some of the thinking around End Poverty Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And there was this idea that looking at um, census data, can we identify some communities that are just below the poverty line? And if some additional sports come in, can we mm -hmm. see those people boosted out of poverty? Um, so the initial idea was a thousand families and it was about going into these five neighborhoods in Northeast Edmonton and working with community to, to help um, support creative ideas emerging there and ultimately um, to help pull people out of poverty. And so the initial version of this was called 1000 families. And then through some feedback and evolution and change, it's become communities united. And so uh, we have a pretty, we have a tiny team. Uh, we have one full-time staff who is talking to you right now. Yeah. And so we have a pretty broad mandate and a lot of um, space to to be creative and to be innovative in 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 the work we do yeah that's awesome it's like 
when you have that space, like you said, more creativity, more innovation can really come from that when you have that breathing, that breathing room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. And so thank you for the context that helps everybody. Once, once we get into your story of sizzle and fizzle and, uh, I'm going to flip that cause it was a fizzle that sparked into a sizzle. So if you want to jump into that story, that'd be great. <laughs> sure. And uh, just for you know clarity, I have not been involved in this for the whole time. I've, mm -hmm. I've been in my role since October 2018. And this is also my version of things. Mm -hmm. And so it's hardly authoritative or uh, maybe even accurate. I, I don't think it's fictional. But uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> my take and observe, yeah. observations on it. Um, but yeah, I think, and what's interesting is it's gotten to a wonderful place now and it's, and how we got there is part of the story and part of the goodness of, of this work and this experience. But um, mm -hmm. it's interesting when I, I had a job previously as a uh, project manager in a, in a Edmonton nonprofit, um, similar collaborative community development work. And for me, I like change and I like new opportunities and challenges. And so I was looking for a new job and I applied for the posting for Communities United. Mm -hmm. And I chatted with one of my colleagues at my former position, at my former employer. And, and she looked at me and she said, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> why would you be interested in this? This, mm -hmm. uh, this, there's a lot of uncertainty with this initiative and potentially in this position. And it was, you know, it was good, honest feedback. And based on what I knew, which wasn't that much, which is great sometimes, but um, I just saw that this is an initiative that has a lot of partners involved. It has some good resources to work with, and it has enough of a mandate to really do some interesting things. And so I thought, you know, it's there's something to be made of here. And so, yeah, I, I went into the job knowing that there was some, uh, not uncertainty, but it, it kind of um, yeah. stuttered along to some degree. And that's because there was some great ideas, some great thinking around 1,000 families, but it was mm -hmm. as it went into effect that some good feedback started to emerge. Um, and this is, I think, just the case in a lot of work that you know, people sitting in a room, we can come up with great solutions, but when you go into the real world, you find out whether or not they work or how receptive people are to them. And so mm -hmm. with 1000 families, it was very much coming into community. We have a clear outline of what we want to see happen and we have some indicators for what success looks like. And then it just didn't really happen that way. There was some great community engagement, a lot of wonderful investment about stakeholders, but some of the early feedback was, well, who are you? What are you doing? Aren't other people in the community doing this? Um, who are 1,000 families in poverty? If we do um, get involved, are we those families in poverty that now aren't out of this? So all kinds of really great questions that in some ways you might not find out until you get into the initiative um, mm -hmm. or get into the work. And it was, yeah, it was very exploratory, messy at times. Um, and then there wasn't necessarily long-term permanent leadership in terms of a coordinator. Um, so there's some transition there. And 
I think when you when you start off and you do a lot of community engagement, there's a lot of meetings and there's a lot of conversations. And that can be really good. But also at the same time, some people start wondering, well, where's the actions? We, mm-hmm. We've told you what we want to see happening and nothing's happening. Um, we're tired of meeting. We're tired of talking. Who are, you know, who are these people coming in and uh, telling us what this might look like? And then two years later, still waiting for some real prominent actions um, or something like that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the background. And then in um, early 2018, there was some rebranding and working with a facilitator to, to say, okay, what are our priority areas? And mm-hmm. through that facilitation with a lot of community members, um, some good clarity was developed around this is Communities United. We are an asset-based community development initiative. And our priorities are thriving youth, boosting household income, um, community economic development, and community connections. So four priority areas, which, like being honest, this is why I saw it as an exciting opportunity. What can't you fit into those four priority areas? And Mm -hmm. so it's it's an open invitation to really do um, interesting work. Um, So that's that's. You know, that's uh, the kind of the background and that um, was when I came in at around October 2018, mm-hmm. it was a place where there was some real clarity and some opportunity. And this was a well-funded initiative from the United Way Edmonton Community Foundation and City of Edmonton. So there was, you know, a mandate, some urgency and the resources to, to do some really interesting work. Um, so that's, um, yeah, I thought I was coming into a wonderful position and some real opportunity there. And I think what's also interesting is that the people who still were involved were really committed to the work. Um, because when you have a lot of meetings and people coming and talking and not seeing things happen, the people who stay and persevere, mm-hmm. they, they're invested and they want to see yeah. things happen. They've, they've contributed to this. They've... Um, some of their efforts and, and knowledge into this. And so it was a wonderful opportunity to do meaningful work with engaged partners. And so, um, yeah, I thought it was, you know, a great spot to be coming into mm-hmm. and um, maybe the ability to really gain some momentum uh, on some of this work. And so, yeah, that's what we started doing. Um, and I think also, um, I think, for myself strategically, uh, I was asked in the interview, you know, what would you like your first three to six months to look like? And I had no ideas around initiatives. And I just said, I would like to meet with each stakeholder and have a open, meaningful conversation with them yeah. and put the time in to listen and to actually understand um, yeah. the context. And then out of that, because uh, before we came in with ideas mm-hmm. and then got feedback, whereas let's hold off on some of the ideas and let's gain some feedback and, and see where we should go here. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> it's a timeline. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. that made some sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it was it fizzle. I don't know. Yeah. In some ways, like they, there was a name change, some rebranding, some pushback from community. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it got to a good place. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, a, a developmental um, initiative is fine. Um, something mm-hmm. that evolves organically is fine. Um, 
yeah. were some driving principles there. But um, yeah, I think it's really uh, gotten to a really good place with invested stakeholders and a broad um, yeah. mandate and, and some really um, great community partners. And, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, I think it's, my experience has been mostly wonderful. Evolving organically and, or, and evolving based on community, like the feedback that you got and stuff. And then that's when you know that what you're working on is impacting the community is when they're invested in it and, and giving feedback to you and being like, yeah, we want this. And what if we pivot this way? And so, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. And even like one of our priority areas is thriving youth. And this was through connecting with community and you have ideas about lots of newcomers, there's barriers to employment. So how do we work with them to find jobs? And the feedback was jobs are great, but we want our kids to be doing well. Or, mm-hmm. you know, community connections are great, but we want our kids to be doing well. Um, and so we realized that for families to, to thrive or to feel that they themselves are doing well or, or okay in life, you can't do that without um, providing opportunities for their kids or mm-hmm. ensuring that the kids can thrive. And so we got that over and over again. It wasn't necessarily when you're doing community economic development, it wasn't at the forefront of some of our thinking that, you know, youth are mm-hmm. integral to this, but the feedback was over and over. Um, we want to know our youth are okay right. and then everything else. And so, um, yeah, we've through community feedback, we've stitched that into so much of our work is, um, yeah. Supporting youth, thriving, thriving youth. We need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So to, to kind of pivot, and there was another story that you're going to share around um, kind of the entrepreneurial side of things that, that you do and creating yep. some markets. Yep. That's yep. all I'm yeah. going to say and let you launch into that. <laughs> That's right. So we, yeah. have, we have the big picture um, example and then the specific example in the work of uh, yeah, the, the theme sizzle and fizzle, fizzle and sizzle. Um, yeah, so it's uh, one of the things we started doing um, was we've been collaborating with the uh, Edmonton nonprofit Action for Healthy Communities um, mm-hmm. for, for quite a few years. And they do a lot of work supporting newcomers and they have quite a few programs focused on um, entrepreneurship starting your own business, things like this. And I think the reality is there's so many barriers to employment for Mm -hmm. a lot of newcomers that um, whether or not there is an initial interest in entrepreneurship, um, entrepreneurship does emerge as a potential income generating opportunity. And so they've been doing a lot of work there and they had some programs focused on working with individuals interested in starting their own business or um, looking to scale up their businesses and they had this program going. We had the partnership with Action for Healthy Communities mm-hmm. and we were chatting with them. Okay, well, at the end of the program, what are some next steps? Um, mm-hmm. How many participants are ready to start their own businesses? And in reality, uh, starting your own business takes a lot of time, capital, risk, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, it can be quite daunting. And so are there some tangible next steps or intermediary next steps? And we met with a group of graduates from this program and some different ideas were thrown out. And one was, was a pop-up market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think naivety sometimes is a great asset and <laughs> uh, we're like, all right, let's organize a pop-up market. So yeah. uh, my colleague Marty and I were like, yeah, we can pop up market. That sounds, that sounds easy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so we started planning a pop-up market. We connected with um, probably a list of 80 entrepreneurs, found out who was interested in this. I think 26 said that they would love to be at a pop-up market. And so that's, you know, confirmation that this resonates and let's get planning. And so we booked a space in um, C5 Community Hub, which is a um, organization of five Edmonton nonprofits working together in Northeast Edmonton. So they had this space right across the parking lot from where our office was. Perfect. It was available. Yeah, we we're going to do it on a Saturday during the day. People like shopping on Saturdays. Um, we started promoting it and we set the date for, I think it was sometime late February in um, 2019. And yeah, great idea. And um, <laughs> a winter, a winter outdoor pop up market. Yeah, <laughs> indoor, outdoor may have had some more cachet, but um, yeah, yeah oh, it, was, it was indoor. Yeah, it was indoor. Oh, it was okay, indoor. gotcha. It was yeah. indoor. Um, but yeah, so the day came, and you know, organizationally, we we had some decent promotion. We had twenty six vendors set up in this space um, with the range of of products from um, you know clothing to to craft to um, promoting a cleaning business. And in many ways, it was just a way to kind of develop those real life learning experiences, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily, um, create a viable, uh, additional Edmonton market necessarily, but, um, this day ended up being minus 20, 28 degrees. Uh, it was a brutal day and it was so cold and oh. yeah, I, um, I was trying to, you know, how do you draw people to a, a strip mall in minus 28 degrees? So we rented one of those. The technical, well, from this company, the technical word is term is sky dancer. So mm -hmm. those things plug in and they shoot up with air and they wave all over the place. So we had one of those set up outside suffering immensely in the cold. <laughs> and yeah, we had not a ton of people come out to the pop-up market, but um, we had enough. The goal is just to learn from each experience. And mm -hmm. we had enough interest amongst vendors and entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to, to realize okay, we have something here. And we had enough people come out that shared that they enjoyed it. Um, they thought it was a great experience. They enjoyed meeting the different entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, basically enough to not fall into gloom and mm -hmm. to plan a next market. Um, and so we planned a few more. Um, they got a little bit bigger. One was at the Clearview Rec Center. Uh, another one was at a community event in the summer. And so we just started doing um, pop-up markets uh, a little bit more throughout the community. And um, with the idea that we are not market experts um, or marketing experts or maybe experts in any of this, but mm -hmm. um, we saw some momentum and the entrepreneurs we were working with continued to share that this was valuable. And so for us, it's like, the thinking that these entrepreneurs are investing their time and energy in this. Um, how do we acknowledge that and value that and really work to provide them with opportunities that aren't gimmicky um, or, you know, just goofy communities, united, organized pop-up markets, but actually lead to tangible benefits for, for their business. Yeah. And we 
this was late um, 2019 and beginning in 2020, we transitioned into hiring actual experts to come in and do some workshops. And these are going to be in-person events. And then uh, COVID struck and all these plans quickly dissipated. And so we were in a place where in-person things weren't happening. Um, but a lot of people are really struggling. And a lot of businesses are in really difficult spots. What can we do in this time? Um, are there things that we can be doing? And there was, yeah, a time of not much activity, but a lot of thinking and a lot of strategizing and um, connecting with different partners as well to talk about this. And what emerged out of this was um, conversations between ourselves and Action for Healthy Communities and then the public. And the public is an Edmonton company that um, actually runs markets. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, so we're not market experts. We're not, um, you know, this isn't our skill set, but this is our skill set. And so through this kind of time of uh, reflection and inactivity in some ways, we actually put some plans together for what turned out to be just an incredible opportunity and I would say product and um, getting the best out of each partner. And so Communities United, our, our strength is um, maybe we're, we're nimble, we're flexible, we can um, help um, provide some resources to things at, at key times. Action for Healthy Communities, they um, have such strong connections with community groups, intercultural community groups. And the public are market experts. They run farmers markets, they run craft markets, winter markets. Right. And so bringing us together just made so much sense. And we developed something called Market Ready. And this is, um, this is a six week program run, but run and owned by the public. We were intentional about having them run it and own it. Um, so they, it's, it's theirs to, to, to keep going with, but this is, um, providing those real, really tangible supports for entrepreneurs around branding, marketing, how do you access farmers markets, e-commerce, things like this, and then connecting them to an actual community of Edmonton entrepreneurs um, and providing them with that direct mentorship from successful entrepreneurs. So this is what emerged out of, you know, a, a, a yeah. tiny little winter frostbitten pop-up market designed by two guys or organized by two guys who don't know what they're doing to just the evolution of um, identifying the assets in your network um, allowing people to do what they do best. And now we've done one round of market ready and we'll have another round coming out in September for, uh, wow. for up to 24 uh, local entrepreneurs. So nice. it's, um, yeah, I love just how it's happened. Um, mm -hmm. our, our initial plan was, was not this, but I think we got to a really great place mm -hmm. through continued discussions and strategizing and, um, yeah, just open conversations with, with, mm -hmm community and with partners. Yeah. You know what I love about that story too, is it was such a natural growth and natural, like scaling up of something. And I don't know, just from the way that you're talking about it, it didn't seem forced by any means. It's not like, Oh, we have this goal that we're going to get scaled up to this thing. It's just like, we're just going to try this event and just see where it goes. And you just followed where 
the path started lighting up and you ended up with this awesome program. And yeah, I just, I love that. How easy and naturally it scaled up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not easily, but naturally, you know. Yeah, yeah so, so easily. Um, so easily. The blink of an eye, you know. <laughs> it's it has been yeah i i appreciate you highlighting that and mm -hmm. it has very much been that way but there were some key questions that we kept asking the whole time um and they were that there are barriers to newcomers finding employment and there are programs out there that teach about business and entrepreneurship mm -hmm. but there's some gaps there's some next steps and at the same time even throughout covid there's people making money there's people shopping local. And so how do we bridge that gap? And so Market Ready is about scaling up. It's scaling up and accessing local markets. So it was, um, yeah, it developed and evolved kind of naturally, but we we had these key, a key awareness of what the mm -hmm. barriers and challenges were, but at the same time, there's opportunities. So is there a way to, to, to bridge this? And I think this, this is a great example of that. Um, mm -hmm. And in terms of next steps, who knows? In Communities United, we we pri we prototype uh, many different things, and we try to develop some strategies or tips for for next steps. Um, our role, we're not uh, you know we're not necessarily even a long term initiative or long term funder in any way, but um, yeah, it's there are creative conversations around. Well, how do we keep this going? Or who else? could know about this or be yeah. interested in this. Um, and, and that's an exciting place because it's, uh, you, you don't know, but you know it's a good idea and you know it, it has to resonate somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can feel the flame start to burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> burn brighter, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I need to start framing these podcasts as like, not necessarily just a fizzle and a sizzle, but there's kind of a scale because even at, at the beginning of the story, it's like that wasn't a fizzle by any means, right? It's just yeah. like, it was a slow sizzle that got to be a bigger sizzle. I don't know how to frame that scale yet, but it is a scale. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you could do is ask people to to like write down how they feel in those low moments over the course of the year. And you could mm -hmm. have people read those out and it would, it would sure sound like a fizzle in those moments, even if through hindsight, you saw that things were happening. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, sure, it sure feels like that some days. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so. definitely. Because yeah, I guess... When you're in that moment, it's like, oh, it didn't turn out as, as big as we had wanted it. But yeah, looking back on it, it's like, well, that event, even though we didn't have hundreds of hundreds of people come to it, built to what we have now, right? So then, yeah, like you said, looking back on it, you can see how pivotal and important that event was. But in the moment, it's like, oh, it wasn't quite as big or, you know, whatever the thought process was. But mm -hmm. yep. yeah. yeah. And I think, too, um, maybe just uh, as comfort sometimes or, or actually, you know, <laughs> reflective learning is our job is is to try things but mm -hmm. always make sure we learn from them and so that you know some days that's that's all you can do is what can we learn from this or how, how do we respond to it and even two weeks ago we did an in-person event mm -hmm. for for youth so focused on um uh, obtaining some some skills and strategies around employment we did a morning event and we did an afternoon event and the afternoon event was full and the morning event had one kid. So oh. we learned don't plan things in the morning for youth. We should know this. I, yeah. I, I still don't like waking up early. Um, yeah. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't not a success. It's a success mm -hmm. because now we'll only do things in the afternoon. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we don't always know those things until we try. So yeah. 
This yeah. one's looking back, we laugh. We're like, that was very obvious. Um, <laughs> Nine thirty yeah. in the morning. What misplaced optimism were we uh, were we in possession of there? So. Yeah, that I don't know how old how old your youth is, but yeah, that's early for some. <laughs> Yeah. But anyways, well, to, to tie up our conversation, I'm going to ask you what your favorite thing was that you learned from this experience. Now that we're, we've been talking about learnings and how every, every opportunity or area that we step into, um, if we can learn something from it, then it was worth our time. I think, um, yeah, I think there's a couple things. I think what, what I've learned through, through this whole experience is how important it is to take the time to establish trust. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been interesting. It's actually been, it's been a profound experience doing community development work amidst amidst lockdowns, isolation, working from home and not seeing people. And I would say the work of Communities United has only got better through COVID and which I, which doesn't seem like it should make sense, but we took a lot of time to really develop trust, not in a token way, but in a really sincere way of understanding um, the desires, interests, challenges of our partners and stakeholders and to um, approach collaboration with um, an openness to go where it needs to go. We, we, We try not to enter a room with an agenda outside of, there's a yes at the end of this and we just need to find it. And so that's been my profound, most profound experience and learning over the last two years is that development of trust, which took time, um, ensured that even through a really difficult moment, we, we were able to still do some really interesting things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think we would have had that if we were uh, just getting to know some of our stakeholders uh, remotely. So um, for me, that that's what really stands out. Taking time to build trust. That is a great answer to that question and a great learning too. Your story really highlights the need of trust in collaborative work, which I'd say like 90% of the time is social innovation work. Yeah. And I think it's been, it's been interesting. I've done a lot of collaborative work and, um, you know, I, I've worked quite closely with uh, this one individual from a South Sudanese uh, community. And, you know, I just, just love working with this guy because he's, mm-hmm. he's so value driven and he's always willing to collaborate, but he used to make this joke that we, people would, uh, you know, they, they drop the shovel to pick up the spoon because they could do it quicker. Um, mm-hmm. and this idea that, yeah, collaboration sometimes is slower and takes time, but, uh, if it's a good collaboration, you, you the, uh, outcomes are usually better than what you could do on your own. So, uh, yeah, I always just appreciated his feedback and that image is stuck in my head for sure. Yeah. Drop. What was it? Drop the shovel to pick up the spoon. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's my uh, rehashing of it. uh, Mm -hmm. Five years after it was said and who knows how accurate it is, but essentially, yeah, that's what he said. And I thought it was great. Maybe the title of the episode, drop, drop the shovel to pick up the spoon or don't drop the shovel to pick up the spoon. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's a great way to, to bring a uh, visual into the mind mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this, this has just been fabulous. I feel like I just got 
wrapped into our conversation and we've been chatting now for 40 minutes already. Oh, like, nice. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it must be good because uh, it feels like it's gone by quick for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it did go by quick, but yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and, and I wouldn't call it a fizzle to a sizzle. I think it was just the lower sizzle building to the bigger sizzle. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's a, uh, um, we are, it's strength focused work. And so that's a, a way to add in strength to that narrative there. Um, yeah. How do we reframe things as a good thing? Yeah, exactly. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Pause. We appreciate your listening ears uh, and your insight into what you thought about this episode. So please do let us know. As well as if you have a story that you would like to share or know somebody with a story, please get in touch. We're always looking for guests on the show. In the spirit of reconciliation, I'd like to acknowledge that the places we live, work, play, and now record podcasts from uh, are situated on lands that were until relatively recently cared for exclusively by Indigenous people. We acknowledge the past, present, and future generations of First Nation, Métis, and Inuit who have traditionally gathered in and cared for the land. Have a fantastic rest of your day, everyone. Thanks for listening. 